but late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster match from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast the ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode they did the match they did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash they did the match it caught on in a flash Episode 61 of <laughs> I am your host, Count Dankula. Oh, fuck, no, he, he's an alt-right guy, isn't he? Happy Count Dankula. Uh, I am your host, Count Leftwingula. That worked pretty good. Count Wolfula. That's an author. Oh, that's good. good. Yeah. The real horror story was Dan's audio quality. I, I guess I'm, I'm Adam Steen's monster. I'm Stephen Bork. <laughs> nice. Welcome to episode 61 of Morning Bear. The Halloween special comes out on Halloween. We planned Halloween this year around this episode. Isn't that crazy? I oh, know. It's a bank holiday and everything. Is it always a bank holiday? Yeah, vaguely. Depends on when it lands. Usually it's a bit of a shit bank holiday. Usually it's Halloween. A shit bank Halloween, holiday. Halloween attaches itself to the nearest weekend and. Halloween falls on like Wednesday. Normally, I'm protected from Halloween because I live in an apartment. But this year, because I'm down on Cork, I'm probably getting trick or treaters. Oh, we can't persuade trick or treaters to come to our house. Um, we put out bowls of sweets every year, but they don't come. Is that because they're still afraid of your dad? Probably. Their parents tell stories about when your dad chased them away with a rake. <laughs> that was just being scary for Halloween, guys. <laughs> What, um, what, what, what's the Halloween costume that you like most fondly remember doing I had a Batman costume when I was a kid it fucking ruled it was before as well that the costumes had those like fake muscles in them so it was just like a, like basically Batman pajamas awesome loved it <laughs> excellent fake muscles and costumes is like such an innovation we never got that but also <laughs> it's great because kids fall all the time yeah it's padding and protecting the best muscle costume is the John Cena muscle costume for kids because if you take away the muscles, it's just a pair of jorts. <laughs> <laughs> and they've just managed to sell the idea on you're wearing jorts for Halloween. Awesome. Love it. Too many a cap is on. I don't, every... I don't even know what comes with a cap. I- I'll look it up here. Nearly every Halloween costume I wore as a kid was of the buy different costume components and throw them together variety. Which was, you know, creative. But then also when someone asked me what I was going as, I panic and be like, ah, nothing. Nothing. They're like classic Irish fucking bin bag saved around me costume. Okay. So, um, oh my God, leave me alone. Smith's website is so fucking. My favorite costume, now that you mentioned going to the Smith's costume and all these professionally made, quote unquote. Costumes. I'd like to give a shout out to my mother who once put a disproportionate amount of effort into dressing me up as a Crusader knight for a Scouts Halloween party one year. Got a lot of got a lot of mileage out of that. 
I hope she gave you like detailed lore, like she told you which crusader you were. I had a I had a helmet made out of a made out of cardboard and um, spray painted with metallic silver paint. That's when inspiring ideas was still an art supply store you could go to in Planterstown and buy all these things. But you put a lot of effort into that. Fair play to it. I should have been aware, but like, yeah, every costume is just like a superhero costume. <laughs> like, <laughs> every costume is just like you know, it's some version of like Spider Man, Batman's here. Um, there's a really weird looking like. It it really looks like it's a knockoff Spider Man, but it's it's venomized Iron Man. Don't know what that means. <laughs> There's one of them here, and it's just a girl in a construction outfit. Um, <laughs> Melissa and Doug construction worker. <laughs> nice, that's pretty good. Got the Master Sword. Not really a costume. Uh, it looks like you have a Guy Fox mask here. That's really fucked up. What the fuck? I'm them alive. That's just really morbid. Some poor taste. I sent the link there. This is this is, feels like a weird costume for children. What is this? <laughs> Where is it? Oh, hang on, I missed it. How do I find the other yoke? Hey, how, how is it? How is it a tenor? I think I want to buy one of these. It's genuinely as I I would more imagine your your child is going as a hacker wearing this than going as Project Zorgo. You know what I. <laughs> I'd say the. I think the guy Fox mask is probably copyrighted, so this is a knockoff. I mean, it's definitely a knockoff. I just don't know what it's supposed to be. It's really odd, isn't it? Spy Ninja. Fox mask copyrighted. By who? I don't know. Probably, Fox. probably the filmmakers. Yeah, but like Guy Fox existed before then, surely. Right. Yeah, but, but also he had a copyright. Not, not the mask, though. The the art design of the mask is a unique property of the film. I'm sure. Um, uh, it is. Uh, it, I'm on copyright.org. <clears throat> um, maybe this is related to something else, though. It. it yeah. I, okay. So I'm on copyright.org. I did find the guy fast mask, but it's actually the copyright is on. It looks like an episode of a show or some kind of like, I don't know, kids thing, but it it. Seems to be that it's uh it's not there. Who wants the rights to the guy Foss mask? Let's look. Uh, Time Warner. Oh, <laughs> Time Told Warner you. owns the guy Foss mask. <laughs> Apparently, they make over one hundred thousand masks a year. Yeah, it's a. It's small, to be honest. Like, uh, it's, a it's a fairly culturally iconic mask Hold at this on. stage. The fucking the mask doesn't even look like this. Look at this fucking goofy motherfucker. That guy's never hacked in his life. Does give off very Catholic vibes, though, doesn't he, Dan? I don't know what do you mean. He looks uh, inbred. That's the first <laughs> thing I see when I look at his face. I was going to oh, say, I was going to say, say luxuriantly dressed and swarthy, but that's true. You can tell how Catholic someone is by how pointy their hat is. Is V for Vendetta probably like the most overrated movie of the last like two decades? I quite liked it, but I also haven't watched it in ten years. Yeah, it, it discovered something important, which is that if you do anything exploding to the 1812 overture, it's going to be fucking amazing. But I don't but know also, if that means that it's a good movie. But also, like, have most of the people that even talk about Viva Fendetta or whatever <laughs> even seen it? Because I, I, like, I wouldn't imagine they have. Like, the movie's <laughs> held as, like, this, like, you know, extraordinarily, like, you know, essentially cult hit. But I think it was, like, 
<laughs> very underwhelmingly watched. Huh. And I'm looking at it here. It made $130 million at the box office. Huh. Is that all? Is that big or small? Uh, it's pretty small. The movie was $54 million to make. So <laughs> if you do the usual math of the budget being double, so usually the budget's the film production, and then you double that for the, the advertising on top. So they probably spent about $100 million total. Well, 108 movie made $132 million. About a $20 million profit. Not exactly fantastic. I do think it's one of those movies that is more famous because of like its place in pop culture than for itself. Maybe. Like, the, the, I'm pretty sure a lot of people haven't seen The Godfather, but still know a lot about The Godfather just because of how often it comes up and shit. That's true. I guarantee the majority of people that reference The Godfather have never seen The Godfather. And I would, pro- I would put good money on that as well. Mm. Yes, it's like, it's like the same with people who really like Scarface, the poster, where like, you assume that either they've never seen it because of the way they talk about it, or there's a massive problem with media literacy where they don't get the point of the film. <laughs> You're saying with Fight Club, you know, like all these all these movies where, you know, the the, the the image of it almost means the exact opposite of what the movie itself was saying. I'm trying to think of other ones, other movies like that, where people have just completely fucking taken the wrong You know what would be a really cool website? A website that was somehow able to gather the streaming numbers of movies. And just like add them together in terms of like how many people have watched or how many watch minutes or whatever, yeah, of a, of a movie. I just it'd just be interesting to know. Like I, I'd love to know what the difference is because I always think of like, like Breaking Bad, right? Because I could be completely off of Ethan that is. So Breaking Bad had like you know a moderate viewership up until the final episodes, which skyrocketed in viewership because people had watched it all on Netflix before the final came out, which ended up like being like a fucking you know. A huge, huge boon for the for the for the show, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Vanetta has like you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight times the the typical number of of watch stuff just because of its cult cult name. Yeah, stuff that's watched is very top heavy anyway because people watch what everyone else watches. So you're probably going to have anything that people have heard of is, you know, thousands of times more watched than like the average piece of media that's released, which basically gets forgotten. Yeah, I mean the fact that the, the fact that it's remembered is a fairly significant. How many fucking movies from that year do you actually remember? You know, I'm sure it's like fair. whatever it was in the cinema with, most of them you couldn't think. I bet it was in the cinema with like the Love Guru or something like that that's been completely lost to time because it was utterly mediocre. Okay, so here's some movies from 2005. Um, Sin City. It's a pretty good one. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, then we do start to drop off. Oh, so Star Wars, Star Wars, um, episode three is on there as well. That was 2005. Um, and then we do start to fall off. Then we have like just friends, just like heaven. We have, you, I've uh, never heard of those films. Uh, just friends is that Ryan Reynolds film that I think was a flop and like people hated it in the cinema, but like it gets watched every Christmas. Uh, Just Like Heaven is the uh, Renee Zellweger and um, Mark Ruffalo uh, rom-com. 
Uh, Serenity came in 2005. Never mind, I changed my mind. Then. <laughs> you, you were off. I think this is a pretty great list, actually. Corpse Bride is on here. So I've gone on to Box Office Mojo, right? And I've taken a week after it was released, so March the 24th. Um, so when it was still... It was Pacifier is on here. It was third in the gross, right? The so Ringer is on here. Do you fucking oh. remember Failure to Launch or The Shaggy yeah. Dog? I don't remember Shaggy Dog, but I remember Failure to Launch. Isn't that the Matthew McConaughey, Sarah Jessica Parker movie? A fucking fair play. For, I, how do you remember that movie? This looks like the most forgettable rom-com I've ever seen. Because it has that weird thing throughout like the entire 2010s where Matthew McConaughey's always in the same pose on every movie poster. He's on his heels, falling over, and someone is holding him up. Whoops. Okay. Fair enough. The, that movie poster there, is he falling over and being held up by Sarah Jessica Parker? Yes. I fucking <laughs> knew it. I knew it. It's like every fucking movie he's on the cover of, for some reason, does that pose. I don't know what it is. Okay, I mean, like, I still, don't, I still don't think that that was a fairly a significant movie. I think Faith of the Dead is probably more memorable than that. Uh, the Shaggy Dog is a Tim, Tim Allen movie where the, the plot is apparently a man tries to live a normal life despite the fact he sometimes turns into a sheepdog. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great, though. That's pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. That Paul Walker movie where he's uh, traveling through the Antarctic with a fleet of uh, huskies. Eight below. Eight below. I don't think I've seen eight below. Then Final Destination three. Oh no! I think that's the one with the mammogram death. That's a pretty good one. The mammogram death. Yeah, mammogram. There's, one, there's one of them gets their tits crushed in a, in a mammogram machine. Fucking hell! Final Destination was like the most shameless films of all time they were really weird just like you know what don't worry about plot they're just gonna see some weird deaths i've uh i've moved on to how i've been watching a lot of horror movies because we're in the month of october and Eva loves horror films um so i've been watching a lot of horror films lately and uh, i watched studio 666 which is uh the foo fighters horror movie that came <laughs> that came out earlier this year you know what not bad not bad. <laughs> it would have been great to see it in cinemas, but it wasn't bad at all. Is this the one where he um, he like gets possessed by the devil or something and starts trying to kill the rest of the band or something like that? Yeah. Isn't that that one? Yeah, yeah. And it came out like a week before your, uh, Taylor, not Taylor, Taylor Hawkins died. Uh, it came out a while before that, but it didn't. I don't think it came out in Ireland too long before that. Um, I think there was like a weird... A weird like international distribution thing. I'm not entirely too sure how that went, but um, because of Taylor Hawkins' death, they actually put it up on streaming for free already huh. on Sky bought the rights to it. Um, it's pretty good. It's uh, you know, it's it's got it's got a <laughs> it's got a few a few problems, but it's pretty good overall. They're all pretty good together. Some of the band definitely can't act. Um, huh. Unfortunately, Dave Grohl is probably one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Who can act? I bet Pat Smear can. Act. Um, Pat Smear. No, he was really good, actually. He was really good. I bet he can act. I bet he's like... Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Garland was in it. Of course, Jeff Garland can act. Um, he was fantastic. Uh, Whitney Cummings is in the movie. That was unfortunate. Um, wish that wasn't the case, but here we are. Um, yeah, basically, mo most of the cast can't, can't act. <laughs> but they do their best. Taylor Hawkins is pretty good in it. Um, apart from the unfortunate case where they, you know, 
he he dies. <laughs> Whoops. Good movie though, but I've also been watching Paranormal Activity. And hmm. I didn't know how batshit Paranormal Activity was until very recently. I've seen the first four. I think there's seven. I think I've seen yeah, there's seven and I've seen four of them. Paranormal activity is fucking insane. <laughs> like, it starts off as like, oh, it's like found footage or whatever. And like the first one's like, you know, it's it's just kind of a mundane film. It's actually really good because like nothing interesting happens, but the film does ha- make you keep watching on the off chance that you might see a fucking shadow move or something. Uh. Which is really genius if you think about it. Like the film has you like stuck watching it the whole time oh, and that, nothing interesting happens. That, that was my impression of it was that it is essentially you're watching security camera footage with fucking nothing happening for like three or four minutes at a time. Uh. So basically, you're not. They are progressing it the whole time. Like, it, there's sometimes where there's like where it looks like security footage because like they have a camera set up at night or whatever. But they fast forward, so like it fast forwards like throughout the night, and then you're seeing weird shit happening as it as it goes. But yeah, they do. They trap you down, and almost nothing happens. <laughs> and they have you watching the whole time because I mean something has to happen. It's a fucking movie, and they really they just trap you in the seat until the fourth film, where they. Um, have two kids that are trying to uh, figure out what the fuck's going on with this ghost. Uh. Um, and the, the, if you had to guess how these two kids are like figure like trying to investigate the ghost, what would your first guess be? Uh, sound recordings. Sound recordings. Sound recordings is good. Sound recordings is good. It's it's not not quite there. They are using video and they're they're really monitoring these videos. They're you know they're they're looking around, they're slowing it down, doing a lot of stuff. How they originally start to come across the ghost and how they start to track it is uh, the Xbox Connect. <laughs> oh, does that that is an IR camera though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean... and they track the ghost. They track the ghost through the Connect. Um, uh, no, I, it just the Connect is just so good; it can track ghosts. You know, it just, it just, yeah, it can just track the ghosts. They put on like the night vision, the the tracking system, and then it, it tracks the ghost. It can see the ghost with the the little tracker orbs, um, which is really, really funny. But there's like one part of the movie they definitely didn't mean it to be funny, but like it, it's so funny. Like they dev- they thought they were geniuses because like, well, we've done three of these, and this new one's like you know a little bit more modern day, so we can't really just kind of you know have this. Have, have the same situation like this kid's not gonna be running around with a fucking you know expensive video camera recording shit randomly for no reason hmm. so most of the fourth one it's it's the kids on uh like a video chat with each other and the stuff that's recording it is laptop cameras well it's not really but they pretend there's laptop cameras um <laughs> but there's a scene where they go to play connect and the kid with the is playing connect with the ghost and it has like a special avatar where it doesn't have a face it's so fucking wild it's just this is really fucking creepy avatar and he's playing boxing is the ghost any good damn this ghost got hands i mean he seemed to have been doing pretty well they were making fun of the ghost but i mean he had his own little avatar he was he was whooping ass he seemed to be doing well in the video game if the haunting stops because the ghost just got really into Xbox, <laughs> it just just gets really lazy and fat. <laughs> Get up and do some haunting. No, 
It's a big bulbous fucking ghost. Yeah, those movies are wild. People should check them out. They have the decency to keep them nice and short. Um, I, I think most of them are under an hour and a half, which is, you know, perfect. That's especially for the type of movie it is. I don't need this to be three hours. Yeah. Uh. Um, but those movies are so much fucking weirder. Like they have the first idea where they're like, yeah, what if like someone has a video camera and then weird shit happens and they try and they try and film it, to see what's going on. And then they get renewed for a second film. And they're like, yeah, well, what if we, like, explore, like, this girl's, like, other family? Like, what if we spread it out to the sister or whatever? And they get to the third one, and the third one goes back to, like, their childhood. And it gets really weird. <laughs> and they're like, well, shit, what do we do for the fourth one? That's when they start bringing in the fucking connect. Awesome. Love it. Can't wait for the fifth one. Can't wait to see what's in store in Paranormal Activity 5. Uh, like what happens with a lot of these, uh, these films. So they'll do, like, one or two where they explain nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's like massive fucking lore, or they run out of ideas immediately. Like, it did the conjuring like that, where they had like two great films where they don't explain what the ghost is at all. And then, like, the next one is like, we go back to 1700, where our story truly begins. And it becomes a fucking period piece for like an hour. Um, <laughs> quite possibly. I've only seen one conjuring film, and it was. It, it wasn't modern day, but it wasn't like. <laughs> a long time ago, either. Um, the worst type of. Yeah, it was like I, if I have to guess, I'd say like the, it's like supposed to be in like the eighties or something. I, I really, I'm not too sure where it's supposed to be based, but I've only seen the one. Mm. Um, the Conjuring is one with the doll, right? I'm not thinking of a different movie. Is that Annabelle, or is that the same thing? Is that Annabelle is that, thought, from the Conjuring? Is that like a I, Conjuring story? I thought so, <laughs> but there's why well, I only seen one. And it's supposed to be a horror, and they play it up very serious, and they try and play it up very scary. But there's a girl in a wheelchair, and she's the main character of the film, and she is just getting fucking bullied by the ghost. Like, uh. just, this ghost just fucking hates the kid in the wheelchair, and she is bullying the crippled girl, and she has no bones about it. Just, like, fucking, at one point, she, like, chases her, and this girl is, like, terrified, and she just fucks her down the stairs. Um, at one stage, the ghost comes up behind her and grabs the wheelchair's handles and runs her down a big fucking hill. Like, <laughs> this ghost is just harassing this girl. And it's so accidentally funny. It's so fucking funny. They really didn't think it true when they were doing it. I find, like, that's the case of half of the horror movies that you watch. Is that, like, if, if you miss horror, like, horror is quite hard to get right, I think. And if you miss horror, you just fall immediately into accidental comedy. I, I don't think horror is hard to get right. I just think you have to realize that like horror is inherently camp and you just got to, you know, roll with it. Yeah, you got to leave it. Like if you look at like the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and stuff, like they don't take themselves that seriously. You know, like it's it, it, it's played serious, but like, uh, you know, it's it's very much like, yeah, this is a silly little horror film. Like, you know, it's it, it's it's not supposed to be, you know, a very serious movie. Um. And that's just, that's the that's the best way to do it. It's just kind of lean in, like, yeah, this is inherently a little bit silly, you know. We're not we're not like this is not like Inglorious Bastards or whatever. It's like we're making a movie where like a janitor is pissed that he got lynched for being a child molester or whatever, and he's gonna now kill all the children. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, we're playing playing with fire a little bit here. But I like the the Conjuring is supposed to be so serious. Like I know the intention is that like you're supposed to be like, man, I hope this hope this girl gets the fuck out of this house. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole time I was just thinking like, I hope this girl calls a fucking grown up in here. This <laughs> someone needs to talk to this fucking ghost's mother or something. She's fucking horrendously <laughs> bullying this wheelchair kid. Like you're supposed to feel really sorry for them, but like 
when she throws her down the stairs, she's chasing her, and the girl is like screaming and she's trying to get away. And then it cuts to the bottom of the stairs, and there's like a 10 second gap. And then, like, just the body just goes. It's so, it's so fucking funny to think that the ghost was chasing her around and just fucked her down the stairs and called Push. her night. Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm out. See you later. It's a scene like that in The Omen, where I think, like, nurse maybe, or the children's nanny or someone is like being pursued by hellhounds and they're like screaming and running away. And then it just cuts them falling out. Well, it's very clearly a fucking dummy, like a straw dummy falling from a window. And like it's a long shot, we have plenty of time to realize that's not a person falling. That they're not moving their arms, they're not moving anything, and then they just fall with like a really wet like to the ground. <laughs> Fucking oh. ruins the movie. What's the best horror movie of all time? Um, the Exorcist. Fucking terrifying. The Exorcist. Okay, okay. Yeah. Barry Lyndon. Wait, no. I mean, I mean the other, uh, the other movie. The Shining the director. The Shining. The Shining. The Shining. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. I was going to go with They Live, so we all went with very different movies there. Is They Live a horror film, really, though? Yeah, Fancy. They Live's a horror. Actually, I'd like to change my choice. Okay. The best horror movie of all time is... The name will come to me in a second. I don't know how I you can look at it. I for my name. I have sort of blanked it for my head. What is the name of the thing? It is the one on the spaceship. Um, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Uh, Event Horizon. Uh, oh, that's a very good. That's a very good choice, actually. That's a that very, is, very good choice. That fucked me up for weeks. Fuck me. I had difficulty sleeping after that one. I think the most, yeah. the most upset I've been by a horror film was The Descent because of how claustrophobic it is. But also, you can tell yeah. yourself, you're fine. You're not on the ground right now. As long as you never go on the ground, you're safe. Fair. I don't think there's any horrors that have stopped that have stopped me from sleeping. Even when I was a kid, I I used to watch them a lot with my uncle and stuff. I think I think I probably watched like, you know what? The Thing probably scared me when I was a kid. Oh, that's yeah. sort of the, that's terrifying. The yeah, or because of not knowing who's the the alien. I think it's just the whole atmosphere of it probably scared me, and I definitely got I definitely had a few jumps from uh, Alien, um, <laughs> the original yeah. Alien. Because yeah. I fuck it, I loved that movie when I was a kid, but I could not have watched that with the lights off because it would make me jump every fucking time. Um, but never like, never like nightmare type stuff or anything like that. Like you know, I was always fairly good at being able to go like, oh well, it's a movie, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say Day Lives a horror. I'd say like essentially, if John Carpenter's made the movie, it's a horror. It's an interesting. That's an interesting proposition. All right, I'm gonna look at John Carpenter's films to see can I identify any that's definitely not a horror. I mean, there's that. There is some definitely not a horror. Like he did Big Trouble in Little China. That's the one I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, like Escape from New York. But again, uh, though, Escape from New York and Escape from LA have definitely some horror teams in them. The least horror film that he's done. Halloween. Probably Assault on Precinct Thirteen. <laughs> You'd say that was his least horror. That's yeah. It's not. I mean, I guess it's kind of survivally. I guess. But it's, it's like the most pure action movie ever made. Yeah, but it's very like thriller based too, though. Like it's very like you know startling. Yeah. I mean, the only, I, I still hold to the truth to this day that the only difference in horror and thriller is that like a little demon doesn't jump out in the thriller and go, "Hey." I've, I've never seen the original Assault on Precinct 16, Precinct Thirteen. Only the remake. Oh, it's really good. If you really want want to watch like a really good classic horror. Uh, watch the fog. Oh, yeah, that is good. 
Yeah, the fog fucking rules. Um, I only seen the fog for the first time recently, and um, it's so fucking good. Like he's mm. he works with um, it, it's it's another John Carpenter film. He's working with um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis again after working with her on Halloween one. Um, I actually don't think uh, John Carpenter worked on any other. Or did he work on all the Halloweens? I think he only did the first. That's why all the rest were bad. Uh-huh. I mean, in fairness, the first one's pretty bad too. No, sorry, he did also do Halloween two and three. Oh, oh, he just sorry. <laughs> also, he was an executive producer on the all three of the latest ones. You fucking sell out pig. <laughs> I just posted a picture in the in the chat of a poster of a John Carpenter film, which is maybe the worst poster I've ever seen for any movie. Memoirs of an invisible man. <laughs> and he's clearly not invisible. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to make sure there was a guy there. How, how, else would you know the that, how, how else would you know that Chevy Chase is in it? Yeah. Which, one, which one's Chevy Chase and which one's Daryl Hannah? I genuinely don't uh, know. Cherry, Chevy Chase is the one with the big tits. And Daryl Hannah's the blonde girl. Do you know what's really invisible? Masculinity. Because of the ambiguous first names of the two lead cast. That's true. And also because the woman's on the front of the image and not at the side of the image. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Is he leaning in slightly? I, I think I think he's leaning off to the corner to make dinner. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here, Chevy Chase. Do you think that originally he was going to be invisible on the cover and he like really kicked up a storm? That he's like, no, this is, a, <laughs> this is a movie poster. I deserve to be on the front. So they were like, fucking color in his face then. <laughs> Leave it about Chevy Chase. He can, he can have his they, eyebrows down. How do they achieve that effect as well? They just, they've just, they've just drawn back a gradient. So they, they already, they already had them photoshopped out, and then they just like came back and deleted a couple of invisible layers. I mean, that's what or it looks the mask. like. They just put yeah. a razor on the mask. Yeah, because if you're looking at it, like it's very clearly just the cloud behind them. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's like it's a really poor job. It's something that like someone would do in their first year of college, if they were in like a like a, a graphic design class or something as part of their curriculum. Also, his face is lit differently to hers. They have to, they have to shoot him later. <laughs> yeah, like there's if you, I suppose maybe maybe that's an artistic effect, but like there's way less red in his face. Fair. Yeah, there's generally she less doesn't stand to be just, in the same room as him. There's just less magenta in that face. End off. Grim. Oh, there's a 2005 remake of The Fog starring Tom Welling and Selma Blair. Who? And who? <laughs> Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent slash Superman in Smallville. Mm, no. Well, you know. <laughs> This isn't the mist. I thought you were talking about the mist, and I was like, "Yeah, everyone knows that there is the new version of the mist." But no, this is the fog. This is incredible. Um, no one watched the Tesla Five version. We'll we'll watch this independently and let you know if you need to waste your time. You probably uh, won't. But watch the nineteen eighties version. Very, very good. Even to this day, it's still very good. It has an approval rating of four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The new one or the old one? The new one. Nice. The old one probably doesn't have much better, to be fair. I know it predates it, but uh, let's see. Oh, it's got a 75%. Ooh. Oh. Now you're, now you're talking. Now Apparently you're talking. the reason why he did the 2005 version is because he didn't like the 1980s version. He didn't do the 2005 version. Like, someone else directed it. 
So why is he why is he saying why is he talking about it? Maybe he, I I think what John Carpenter does is he just produces a shit ton of stuff and it's like free money for him. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he's the producer on it. Dun, 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 dun. And I guess probably also probably done some of the script punching up. Um yeah, apparently he didn't like the 1980s version, which is crazy cuz the 1980s version fucking ruled. He didn't like it due to uh, film reshoots and low production values. I mean, it's a movie where they're escaping a fog. I like I. <laughs> how much production value do you really need? <laughs> you can't see half the fucking film. It's about a fog. What? He tried to, sh- he tried to shoot it in Morocco, so they have no fog. They had to spend a ton on dry ice to generate it. Ah, oh, John Carpenter is such a weird fucking egg. <laughs> Did you ever see that video of John Carpenter shitting on the Nintendo? Um, what's that? Dan, what's that Nintendo thing where it's made out of cardboard? Oh, the Labo. Oh, Labo, yeah. They gave him the like the keyboard one to, <laughs> to put it together and play with, and he just didn't like it at all. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can find it. We'll watch it here. Really, you do some research <laughs> to like make sure that the person who you were giving this to wasn't going to hate it. I think that makes it better. <laughs> well there you go John Carpenter doesn't is, like the lavo that is some good content <laughs> in fairness if you're going to give it to anyone why would it be John Carpenter he's like fucking 80 years old of course he's not going to know but how also to use like, a lavo he's a super fucking blunt curmudgeon as it is <laughs> Like he was at a he was at like a Comic Con or something. I can't remember what someone said. Like, you know, they essentially said like, "Oh, what about um, you know, Escape from L.A. or whatever? Uh, what uh, is that so much worse than than Escape from New York or so, you know something silly along those lines?" <laughs> and, and he just replies like, "Fuck you, that's why." And just uh, like and just like moves on, just like shatters the poor bastard. Uh, the comments on the video now, um, and the one I really really enjoy is. Uh, this man is one of the greatest directors of all time, and he's being made to play a cardboard piano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, since we're in the Halloween mood, we're talking about movies. Talking about Halloween movies. Oh, God, Hugo even speak fucking head popped up on my screen. Get rid of that. Um, I had a very unfortunate, scary moment a while back. That I forgot to bring up on the podcast. And now seems like a good time as any. I, I'm a big tea drinker. Um, especially Same, at certain times yeah. of the year. I haven't... Uh, I'm actually like massively off coffee at the minute. Like I have maybe one cup a day. But I've mostly been, been back on like just tea. If I have a hot drink. Um, and uh, I, I pulled out a, a tea bag from the little box one day. And it had kind of gone like a little bit... Uh, like some of the little tea leaves had gotten somehow like moist and had like stuck to the inside of the tea bag. Huh. So I didn't really think anything of it. You know, it's I peeled it off the other tea bag. I I, I got it in the cup. I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's getting wet anyway. Who cares? So mm. I was drinking this tea and then I was making my way through the box and I was noticing they were getting like more and more just, you know, just clumpy and stuck together and the leaves gotten wet and I just couldn't figure out how how it had happened. And um then I realized that right behind the tea bag box was some bell peppers. Oh no! And while while the side facing out towards me was fine, 
<laughs> the side facing towards the wall <laughs> was far from fine. <laughs> and so it had like collapsed in on itself and leaked underneath the teabag box, which is why all of the tea bags had gotten like weird and like tea leaves had gotten uh... moist and started sticking together. So I found out I had been like drinking this fucking bell pepper <laughs> moldy residue when I was having tea. I wonder it tasted weird. It actually tasted fine. But uh, when, I found, when oh. I found out that it was that's what it was, I was very disturbed. I was very sickened after the fact. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do? I already drank it. It's not like I can take it back. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. That's a, that should be a fucking horror film. Like, a good bit of body horror. It's just the entire movie is you realizing that's going to be cut off my chair there because I was so horrified by what I was about to say. <laughs> Yeah, you realizing that something has fucking gone off, but the protagonist doesn't, and they still eat. They eat the whole thing. That sounds like a fucking Cronenberg movie, actually. To be fair, if that didn't happen in The Fly, I'd be surprised. Uh. If they the did fly, a modern, yeah. if they did a modern remake of The Fly, yeah, who uh, who do you think would play the lead? It has to be someone with the same weird, slightly upsetting energy of Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, but like, who's who's a modern day Jeff Goldblum? Like, who could who could fill that role? I've never seen The Fly, but uh, now that I've oh, heard you should. Dan's, now that I've heard Dan's answer, it's going to be uh, obviously that weird kid Barry Keegan. No, interesting. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> oh, does a fly too? He's in everything. Of course, he's going to play the fly. Yeah, I know he's in everything. Little fucking sellout pig. The thing is, but Jeff Goldblum back when he was in The Fly had like this weird thing where like you could just move the light slightly or he'd slightly shift his head and he'd go from being like super attractive sex god to major creep in like half an inch of moving his head. So I don't know yeah. if there's any actor who's like that now. Do you know, do you know who would be? Do you know who that would be? You're never, you're never going to guess, but I will give you three guesses. Okay. Give us a hint to start us off with, just so we're on the right foot. Uh, hang on. I just need to fact check my first clue for you. Anyway, Dan, while he fact checks, the reason the reason why is because if you look at Jeff Goldblum straight on, he is a very charismatic, handsome man. And then for some reason, if you look at him too close, he looks like a very sweaty, weird man. Exactly. Okay, it. So your first your first clue is that the person I'm thinking of was a major star of the biggest sci-fi epic to come out last year. Hmm. What's your man's name? Um Timothy Chalamet. No, but you're on the right track. Oh, he's on the right track. I, th- I think, hang on. Oscar Isaacs. No, no, let me just check to see that. Yeah, I think, yes. No, it's not Oscar Isaacs. Shit. It is someone in Dune. Yes, it is someone in Dune. Dave Batista. No, it's not Dave Batista. Shit. Remember, you're, looking for, Batista. you're looking for a character actor who can go from instantly, instant smoke show to weirdo in... Moment. Have you have No. It has to be someone who's around the age that um Jeff Goldblum about. was at the time. Yeah, whatever age what age was he at the time? Thirty? Probably. I don't okay, know. Well I, I, just, I, don't know, just, I don't know the cast well uh, enough. Jason Momoa. Josh Brolin. No. No. Josh Brolin. He, You're pretty much he, through the entire cast at this stage. Josh Brolin was like fucking Sarsgaard. No, yes. I was about to say you're working your way through the alphabet. You'll get there in the end. Yes, 
Have you seen her in um? Oh, what's that show about the kids and the the teenagers in the school? Euphoria. Yeah, she's so good in that, and she's such like she managed to just bury her intense beauty quite yeah. well doing that. I'm not allowed to watch Euphoria. I was told Why? it was too horny for me. <laughs> It just goes. It just goes to show that her she gets she she's creditably portraying like a teenager struggling with her life when she's also Zendaya in real life. She could be yeah, the next Jared Goldblum. Yeah. That'd be good, actually, a gender swapped version of the fly. Yeah, or or a species swap, and the fly is running away from a human. <laughs> the fly becomes Zendaya. And like, oh, no, sorry, I shouldn't have touched on this nerve because now it's just going to bring Stephen back to the Breaking Bad episode again. I actually, I was going to take it off in a completely different direction, but what direction is that? One direction, well, baby. While we're on the subject, while we're on the subject of um, uh, humans transforming into animals, I thought I might bring up a certain Irish film industry thing that seems to have been memory hold. You, you may have noticed that I tweeted about this recently. I was actually oh, going to mention this to you where, when we went offline. Because that is Nuria's favourite film. What? What? Yeah, because she loves Imelda Staunton. And yet, right, despite the fact that several, you know, pretty heavyweight actors of the period, for the British industry at least, featured prominently, it seems to have been completely memory hold by the Irish Film Board. You never hear it mentioned by like film critics or any of this kind of thing. It never comes up. It's never on TV. It's never screened. But it's a hugely atmospheric piece with all like with, with a similar sort of retro vibe, similar sort of around like it was around at the same time that all those Roddy Doyle adaptations came out. I think, um, or you know, it's. I it's think you mentioned the name of it. I know, I know. I'm getting to oh. it. And of oh, course, okay. the, film, the film that we're talking about is Rat. Well, one of those That's films sweet. that you have to append the year of production in, gra- in brackets so people know what they're talking about and they're able to find it. It has to be specified. Steve, I think it's actually pronounced Rat. Rat. Because Rat. No, no, you, you don't have it quite right there. It's pronounced Rat. You have to roll rah. the oil. Rat. Rat. That's true. Up the Rat. Ooh. Ah. Up the Rat. <laughs> Oh, you get to cancel that. Come on, you know, you know, you're not supposed to set me off like that. That's my bad. That's my bad. It's the Halloween special. This is all spooks. Do 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 do. And I, I, was thinking, I was thinking it was spooktastic ahead of because it is a it is sort of a body horror thing. Like imagine turning into a rat, a creature of revulsion, another pest similar to the fly. In fact, now that I think about it, it's completely derivative. But here we are. Um, how do you pronounce that name of the lead actor? Gilbert Flynn. Pete Postlethwaite? Is that how you pronounce his name, Daniel? You're, you've Pete lived Pos- in England. It's just Pete Postlethwaite. Postlethwaite. Why, yeah. is there a T, why is there a T in there, huh? And the British well, telling us that so it's yeah, yeah. just the way. It's just the way of it. The other reason that movie is really interesting is because it's got two English people doing two of the best Dublin accents in fiction. Oh, They're incredible. It just goes to show you. Two proper actors. Like. Yeah. Oh, Liam Neeson figure one out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Liam Neeson ever recovered from that Family Guy thing where they point out how wrong his accent is in nearly every type of film. Yeah, you know he's like the cowboy, and he's like, "I want it to rise." Who knows how many furlongs? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I watched another horror movie actually recently with, with him in it, Liam Neeson, uh, The Haunting. I'd never seen it before. <laughs> um, it classic like generic horror movie title. Yeah, it's it's um, you know uh, the you know uh, is a scary movie too where they're in the mansion. Yeah, that's basically what the, it's a parody of. It's a parody of The Haunting. Um, oh. uh, uh, uh. Um, <laughs> except for like, except for the part where the ghost fucks the girl, because that's not <laughs> that's, that's not in the haunting. Actually, that's uh, <laughs> they, ghost they, really t- they really took the ghost part in the haunting and ran with it for the whole sex thing. <laughs> um, but Liam Neeson, God bless him, is never going to convince me that he's a scientist. Don't ever cast him as a scientist. Big fucking six foot three doof. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) He's supposed to be like a scientist studying fear or whatever. And like at no point is it believable. He's just kind of there. And it's like, okay, you stop that right now. Also, weirdly, a very young Owen Wilson in the movie. All right, all right, all right. Different, different, uh... (laughs) different guy. Different Different Texan. Wow. Do you know, I'm learning. I'm learning something very interesting today, right? Rat. Can you guess yeah. how much it grossed? Bah. <laughs> uh, I'd have to say, how much it grossed? Like two million. Like not something really <laughs> low. A hundred, hundred and twenty-seven euro and two rats. Well, you're on the you're on the right track, both of you. Well, hang on, no, hang on. How much did you say? One hundred twenty-seven. You're both on the right track. No, I'd say I'd say uh, twelve and a half thousand pounds. What year did it come out? Two thousand four. 2000 and it was released 2001 produced 2000 and it okay it was, it was on release it was on release for a single theater oh then like three thousand pounds or euros it was two thousand I'm, I'm gonna, pounds. I'm gonna according guess to wikipedia two grand two thousand six hundred thirty dollars Okay. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> why did they, they make it if they weren't going to release it more like worldwide? That's not going to cover people possibly. I don't fucking know. This is insane that this is that this is uh, uh, Nuria's favorite film. That's crazy. Know. It's so good as well. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's good, but I would have honestly. I've actually. I now that I think about it, I've never seen it in full. <laughs> I would have a hundred percent bought Nuria this as her wedding present. I would have got her a DVD of rat. Uh, just I'm get her, get her a pet rat, and tell her it's deep possibly. <laughs> just film die. this. <laughs> film this, and it's the movie. It has, it has everybody, everybody that was on the Irish film boards like call call list for when there's a film on is on it as well, right? Ed Byrne is in it. Okay, yeah. Frank, I don't think he's in any films. Frank Kelly is in it, like. Father Jack, and the guy, the, the that one guy who's in fucking everything, Simon Delaney, who presents our, who presents Ireland. Yeah, AM. I know he's such a weird guy because he'll sometimes show up in something huge. Yeah, I was watching that movie, uh, the Vince Vaughn film Delivery Man, that's based on the real story of the <laughs> the guy whose sperm sample was sent out to like eight hundred people or whatever. Yeah. So he has like hundred and twenty five children. Simon Delaney's in the fucking movie. He's his buddy. <laughs> It's so weird. Like, how? Like, what a weird... How did you get there? Really I odd. I don't know if I know who Simon Delaney is. Okay, hold on. Let me get you... Oh, you'll know him when you see him. Oh, you will know him. Hmm. Let me get you a picture. Oh, I got a good one for you right here, Dan. 
Got a good got a good picture right there. Here we go. There's the head on him. That's him. Yeah, okay, I've seen him. <laughs> I wish he was the invisible man. I'm sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Simon Delaney. <laughs> I googled Simon Delaney to get his face to show you, Dan. He's an actor and writer known for The Conjuring 2? Excuse me? Uh, what? What the fuck? Apparently he was Vic Nottingham in The Conjuring 2. What the fuck? This is weird. <laughs> How did well, he just shows up sometimes? Weird. I feel like if you, I feel like there's a certain subset of actors who have just been in literally everything. Like yeah. he was in Conjuring Two in 2016, and then 2017 he was in two episodes of Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> he got paid enough in the Conjuring Two to be able to not work then for a year. This is so weird. Like, what? Are, this guy's fucking IMDb is bizarre. It doesn't what even have the Conjuring Two was Maria Doyle Candy. You know, it it's it's not even all this stuff isn't even there. <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm looking at it now, right? And I'm trying to find here. <laughs> yeah, Ireland I wasn't there for starters. Let's just let's just. Oh, he was in there he is. There he is. One of his right. early stuff. But there's a there's a there's a docu series that he was in. He played he played a man who had, um, he played the role of a man who had survived. Uh, he had survived a crash. He had survived the crash of uh, from a skydiving plane that killed a load of his friends. Landed at sea and spent like a day and a half floating around. So it's just I, I spent I just was watching this on YouTube for wanted something to watch one night, and I was just like, that actor seems familiar. And it was a young Simon Delaney. I think it was produced like in the early two thousands. And it's not here. He was also there, it's, in, it's said it said at the very end, Simon Delaney. He was in Sex and Sensibility. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you ain't having sex, buddy. You don't need to be here. Oh, he's the I sensibility like part. I've seen him in real life as well. <laughs> nice. Is he just as big as he looks? Bigger. Sorry, Simon. <laughs> if you're listening, Simon, my apologies. You seem like a you seem like a nice and genuine fella. He does seem like a nice guy. I don't have anything against him personally. Yeah. I just think he it's an he's a bit of an odd duck. He just kind of randomly shows up. Like no, do you know what he is? He is a hardworking. He is a hardworking entertainment professional. There, we'll go with that one. That that's good. Yeah. Like he was on lie with like. What is people got, this? People got, people got to work. People got to take jobs. No one well, ever. I'm not... Everyone says. Everyone says Christopher Lee was a hero for take, for never refusing a role. Simon Delaney has clearly never refused a role. Right, but <laughs> unless it my was point, in porn. My point isn't uh, isn't about him turning down roles. It's that he somehow manages to like squeeze into these weirdly big things. Like <laughs> he's in Hornblower <laughs> as a French midshipman. Okay. Like he like he's in Delivery Man, and then he follows up with Mrs. Brown's Boys, the movie. Yeah. Or miss them, Mrs. Brown's voice, or whatever. I think it's I think it's really interesting that he has like recurring. He, at the time, he was doing recurring roles in Irish TV on like Bachelor's Walk, where he was he was in like apparently he was in eighteen episodes of Bachelor's Walk, while uh, also being like The Conjuring Two or whatever. 
Fuck, he was in nearly every episode of Bachelor's Walk for the first season and second season, except the pilot. Uh, and he and and meanwhile, he's going into he's doing he's like walking in and doing bit parts in TV movies in the states, and like he's a he's in Hornblower, the big series, as a what looks like a, a non-speaking part. And he's back to the Bachelor's Walk Christmas special. Bal Falvey. Remember Bachelor's Walk. Yeah. Simon, if you're listening to this, if this ever comes by Simon's ears, can you please come on the podcast and explain? I I really wanna I really wanna dig into this guy's career. I really need to know. I think it would be super interesting to find out what the fuck happened with Simon Delaney's career. Like how he like bounces from like these small parts into like a giant part into a small part into a giant part of like local little Irish shows and then like Vince Vaughn's buddy in the in the movie where he gets too much of his cum sent around. What a fucking what a <laughs> this is bizarre. <laughs> oh my god. He's just a hard working hard working media he, professional. You know what? I hope he ends up in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, kick out Barry Keown and bring in Simon Delaney as the next Avenger. Hang on, what's Barry Keoghan doing in the fucking Avengers? cinematic universe what's going on there ah he's their weird little buddy apparently he was an alpha papa the alan partridge movie Simon yeah Delaney. yeah <laughs> see that's what i mean it's such a weird his imdb is such an odd is such an odd uh set of movies he had he had a he had a role in emmerdale lately <laughs> good for him <laughs> like that's it that's quite the career Maybe he gets interviewed by he probably gets interviewed by all the TV magazines all the time, and he wouldn't have time for us, Adam. He's on Ireland AM. I'm sure he can work us in for ten minutes on the show. I'm sure th- he's on Ireland AM. I'm sure he can't work us in for ten minutes on the show. He's a busy man. He only does Saturdays. Does he? Yeah. AM. Survival watches. Is it Ireland AM he does or the Saturday show? No, Ireland AM. Okay. Or he used to, anyway. I don't know. But he's he was the Saturday boy because the others didn't want to work the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? You know what See, they I say. Admi- you I admi- you I can't that. have too much Tubby Bow at the weekend. Look, I admire that. Man's got a regular gig and he's going with it. <laughs> got to make... Being a freelancer is no joke, man. In fact, in fact, labor work, labor rights for a number of other, uh, for another other high-profile Irish actors will soon be, uh, soon be adjudicated upon. I say no more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with that, we should we should really start to wrap up here. Is there any closing thoughts on That's the really Halloween it. special before we go? Just that you should watch, you should all watch Rat. Make sure you sit around. Make sure you watch Rat. Make sure you sit around. You watch. You watch the fog. The fog. Uh, make sure. Make sure uh, you watch Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> make sure. What? What are? What are the movies you mentioned? Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. <laughs> watch that one as well. Watch, watch all four. Watch that. Watch all four. Of you watch that. You can. Watch this or watch that. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't know if we mentioned any other movies. Stay on. Apparently, oh shit! Here's the scariest thing. Dune, People, man. We we didn't we didn't say Dune. <laughs> Love Batista. 
<laughs> Horatio Hornblower. Love Batista. Love him in the WWE. Um, okay. Apparently, if you like rap, you'll rap. also like these shows. Uh, train spotting. Train spotting. <laughs> Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Paddington 1 and 2. Paddington 1 and Paddington 2. And How I Met Your Father. How I Met Your Father. As you can see from that list of movies, they're all exactly like the rap. So rap. you'll love them. Make sure you sit around and watch them. <laughs> this has been episode 61 of Morning Brew. I've, of course, been... Uh, what did I say earlier? Adam Steen's Monster. I'm Stephen Burke. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And you can monster mash. The monster mash. And you my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash.